G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, let's turn our attention to some of the turmoil you might have seen reflected on reporting in the nation of Israel. There have been mass protests against the Israeli government's judicial reform package. There are protesters who've led demonstrations. They've called for mass strikes. There's been blocked highways in order to bring Israel to a halt It appears to be the way the left in Israel is protesting reforms by the relatively new government now led by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Stan Goodenough is a journalist. He's known as the Jerusalem Watchman, keeps an eye on the developments there and joining us today. Hello, Stan. Welcome back to 2020. Hello, Neil and everyone. Good to be back with you. Hey, Stan, uh, tens of thousands of protesters. Why are they protesting? Yes, the uh, the organisers would peg it at hundreds of thousands. Um, uh, it's Looking in from the outside, the word turmoil is a good word to use because it seems to be uh, almost absolute chaos. Every headline uh, in the English language media, and for certain that will mirror what's happening in the Hebrew language media, um, almost uh, is focused on this protest, this rising rage against the government. Uh, and the reasons behind the, the reasons for the protest are, um, are sometimes lost in the noise made by the protesters who overall, while targeting what they call um, or what they've identified as Israel's plans to reform the judiciary, um, are more speaking out about this being very anti-democratic the whole move of the Israeli government and insisting that to save Israel and to preserve Israel as a democratic state, uh, the journey down the road towards changing the approach or the balance uh, between the judiciary and the rest of the governing um, uh, the government governing circles, that this, this road uh, is a road to actually destruction for the state. The language that's being used is very inflammatory and incendiary. And I think to to get a, a good um, outsider's view of it, because, of course, most of our listeners will be looking from far away from Australia, um, maybe we should go back quickly and, and look at just how this has come to be. There was, in July last year, there was a uh, decision to take the nation to elections. And from the 1st of July until the 30th of November, the country was run by a man by the name of Yair Lapid. He was the prime minister. His his role was to be caretaker prime minister until elections could be held. During that period of time, all the parties that wanted to run in the elections uh, had to submit the applications to an electoral uh, authority. And so on the 1st of November, when the when the country went to the polls, all the parties that were voted for had been approved. 
uh, no matter what that some of them were labeled as extremist this or extremist that they were all approved legally approved to run and all of those on the right side of the political spectrum included in their uh, election platforms a change or reforming of the judiciary in Israel on the 1st of November the country went to the polls and the right wing along with ultra-orthodox parties, two, two of them primarily, uh, uh, won the election. Which means that the majority of Israelis voted in free and fair elections, which were not contested by anybody. The results were not contested. Uh, the majority of Israelis voted for parties that supported changing the electoral, uh, the, judicial, uh, the judiciary, the whole process, whereby the, the Supreme Court controls, uh, in fact, has over, uh, can, can overrule laws passed by the government and there are a number of technical aspects in there i won't get into the details but the main thing is that the the, the country voted a majority uh, a large majority of the jewish population which makes them up the majority of israel of course uh, voted for parties that would bring about judicial reform the, immediately after the results were announced the left wing the defeated left wing uh, went um on the rampage, basically, started uh, calling the elected government de um, illegitimate, uh, undemocratic because of its the direction that it wanted to go in, even though the majority of voters had voted for them, and began a groundswell of uh, of protest leading up to the. It just took two months, Neil, two months from the election until the new government was actually sworn in. And during that period of time, there were already growing efforts to delegitimize that government. From the moment they came to power on the 29th of December, um, the, the protests really um, took off Stan, every week. Yeah. Stan, how much of the protest activity is personality driven? The fact that the left in Israel doesn't like the resurgence in popularity of Benjamin Netanyahu, you might say is on the right, or a conservative. How much is that personality challenge? Well, it is, um, in, in, in a way, mir mirroring what happened in the United States with the any, anyone but Trump movement. Uh, in Israel, it was the anyone but Bibi that's Netanyahu's nickname, anyone but Bibi movement. The, the anti-Bibi, the anti-personality of Bibi um, uh, uh, alliance on the left uh, very, very openly uh, targeted this, this man uh, using as reason for its attacks the fact that Netanyahu has been, uh, is under investigation and is on trial for a number of cases of alleged corruption, using that as the main reason why he should be removed. And, um, and yes, focusing uh, very much around his personality. But the, the protests themselves are, in fact, um, much, much. Uh, th there's, there's a whole lot of, um, of, of foreign interference in what's happening right now. The funding of the protests, the massive amounts of money to, uh, to, sh to bus in hundreds of thousands of protesters and provide them with banners and flags and, and, and get them to these venues. It's not a popular protest. It's not a grassroots pro protest against the government. There is a very concerted effort by international left-wing um, organizations and, in fact, even the 
Biden administration, according to reports this week in the press, to help fund this anti-Netanyahu, anti-right-wing government. And it, it comes down to something as, in a way, almost as simple as the question of what kind of Israel should Israel be? Uh, the current government, the parties that comprise it, the, those that won the election, want Israel overall to be a Jewish state. The, um, the left wing in Israel and those around the world in the uh, big organizations, international organizations like the United Nations, the European Union and others, want to see Israel as a modern Western state and not as a Jewish state, not as a Jewish democracy, but as a democracy of one man, one vote, if you like. And so the rise of the current government really um, flies in the face of what a lot of people in Israel and many, many uh, nations in the world want to see Israel as being. This government is too Jewish. It's too attached to the historical and, from our point of view, biblical roots of the nation. It wants to be a Jewish state. It wants Israel to be a Jewish state. And the left wing opposes that and wants Israel to be a liberal, progressive, Western-style democracy. And that's really what's really behind the current protests, those who are, those who are, who are sponsoring it and those who are leading it as well, the main figures who are protesting uh, against this government and its so-called judicial reform. I suspect so many of us don't think of the word Jewish as being part of the extra-religious dimension that you're talking about. And when we talk about Israel, uh, using the terminology by way of thinking about a secular state. So there is something here that uh, if you're a Christian, you ought to be thinking about the importance of Jewishness. Is that something worthy of discussion? I think absolutely it is, Neil. Uh, if you're, as you say, a Christian, which is to say if you believe the Bible, if the Bible is your is your foundation stone and from the, there you get your perspective of what's happening on the planet and specifically what's happening in Israel, then, and you understand that modern day Israel, which this year celebrates its 75th anniversary, is the fulfillment of, its existence is in fulfillment of biblical prophecy. It has a destiny which God has foretold. And that destiny very much sees Israel being, on the one hand, being very Jewish because God has a, if you like, a spiritual, uh, an appointment for spiritual restoration for the nation. In other words, he's gathering the Jews back to their land in order to restore them as a nation, as Israel, the nation to himself, the God of Israel. Um, and uh, and, and that, that's his plan and purpose for the nation. And also that uh, Israel will become, again, from the biblical perspective, Israel will become increasingly isolated and different. And in fact, um, opposition to Israel will grow in the rest of the world, which increasingly is rejecting the Bible, the God of Israel, and Israel's divine calling. So as, as, as believers, we should absolutely, I, I believe, um, see what's happening on the political front against uh, the backdrop of what the Bible says uh, Israel's destiny is where the nation is headed. A direct spiritual battle when you start to talk about the religious dimensions versus the very much secular dimension. How is it, Stan, as a Christian believer, those sorts of thoughts might prompt you in a prayer 
uh, for Israel. For that praying believer, what are your thoughts here about how they address God uh, under these circumstances? Uh, Neil, you said uh, in your introduction, uh, you made reference to the fact that people call me the Jerusalem watchman. Um, In fact, uh, I would say a Jerusalem watchman would be perhaps a little bit uh, more accurate because the Bible says, God says, that he has set watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem and they have a role to play. And that play and that role, that that the, the task we have as believers, not just me, because I happen to live in Israel for so much of my life, but all of us who believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all of us who follow after his son, the king of the Jews, we are set as watchmen on the walls for one purpose, one primary purpose, and that is to give God no rest. In other words, to keep petitioning him to fulfill his promises. He said to Jeremiah, for example, he said that he watches over his word to perform it. Now, his word is that he would regather the scattered nation of Israel after many, many years um, when they were out of their land. He'd bring them back to their land and he would cleanse them. He would cleanse them so that one day the iniquity of Israel would be sought but not be found. He has has a personal engagement with this nation, uh, an appointment to restore them to himself. And our, our role as watchman is to identify the watchman stands on the wall. He looks for the enemy. He looks for the threat to the city. So our, our calling as watchman is to identify the threat. The threat, without even having to get into taking political sides, the threat is against Israel's destiny to be reunited with her God. And the more she is seduced by the nations, the more pressure that is on her to go the way of the liberal progressive world, which is pretty much an anti-God way, um, the more intense our prayers, I believe, should be to remind God, because he does say we can, remind him that he has not scattered, not, not regathered Israel in order to for them to just become another nation, but he's regathered them for a purpose and to stand in prayer against all the forces against Israel, whether they are military coming from Iran or whether they are a liberal progressive coming from the West, everything that is designed to bring Israel down uh, or to turn Israel away from her calling uh, to be a light to the nations. Well, Stan, good enough. Always special honour to you because you reflect things in a very different way to what the majority of commentators do and always appreciate your insights. And there'll be listeners who'd like to capture some more of those insights. I know that there is a subscription base that listeners can connect to. And I want to give a email address for listeners to send you an email to be directly in contact with you and to receive all sorts of insight around the developments that happen in the nation of Israel and all about the Jewish people. So it's Stan Goodenough. Here's the email address, zionwarrior at gmail.com. zionwarrior at gmail.com. A direct connection to Stan and to receive uh, all sorts of great insights via that subscription. Stan Goodenough, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. God bless. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.